Hello, and welcome to A Book A Week, the podcast. I'm your host, Molly. Thanks for joining me today. This is episode 15 of the podcast. Um, We have been live since October of 2016, so we finally made it to the 15th episode, and I'm looking forward to hopefully we'll be many more episodes. If you are a returning listener, thanks for continuing to listen to episodes. That means a lot. And if you're brand new, welcome. Uh, Book a Week is essentially a podcast, a one-woman show, um, where I review books that can be read in a week's time. It's pretty much a pet hobby of mine, where I try to stay consistent about reading all the time um instead of just saying i like reading and doing nothing about it i want to be active in the stories that i read um share them with others and hopefully to inspire some other fellow lapsed readers into picking up a book again especially since there are a million distractions nowadays so i hope that you enjoy and um if you ever have any ideas for the podcast feel free to give me a shout um at Book Week Podcast on Twitter. We also have a Gmail account. Uh, it is a Book a Week Podcast at gmail.com. And coming very soon, we will have an official website. So I'm really looking forward to that. I'll be launching, launching or releasing the details of that uh, very soon. So uh, make sure to listen to future episodes. These are really only like 10 to 20 minutes. So hopefully, it's not too much of an inconvenience. Okay, so today. I thought it would be very timely to talk about Beauty and the Beast. Um, Even though Beauty and the Beast is mostly known as the 1991 Disney film and now the 2017 live action uh, remake, it is also originally a fairy tale. And um, I thought I would review that and also um, discuss how the fairy tale has been adapted into different forms in both the animated and live action movie because I've seen both of them now. I'm excited about um, how much Beauty and the Beast is in the news and um, I thought what better time to do that. Best of all, Beauty and the Beast is incredibly short so you can not only read it in a week's time, you can read it in a day or like an hour's time. Um, Especially since uh, the, okay, so the original fairy tale was written and published in what I believe is 1740, um, a long time ago. Uh, it was a fairy tale first, and the original fairy tale, um, from what I've read from, I'm pretty sure, uh, trusty Wikipedia, um, it was over like 300 pages long, but then it was, uh, like, pretty much, um, translated or pared down to what I read and what most people know is a 26-page um, uh, document or fairy tale. So, uh, View of the Beast was written by French novelist Gabrielle Suzanne Barbat de Villeneuve. I'm so sorry, I just butchered that. In 1740, and what it, uh, her the version that she created was abridged, rewritten, and published by Jean-Marie Le Prince de Beaumont, which is what I read in 1756, which is the children's version and what is most commonly um, cited today. And like the Disney versions, um, the uh, 
fairy tale takes place in France. It does have centrally a, a Beauty and the Beast, but it is quite different um, from the version that we know uh, through Disney. So um, here's a little overview um, with spoilers, but feel free to, to still read it on your own because it honestly takes about no time at all um, to read. And also, if you enjoy Beauty and the Beast the way I do, I think it's interesting to compare the different versions and to see the source material that Disney's animators looked at um, uh, in order to get their project rolling. So Beauty and the Beast, the original version from the 1700s, um, has to do with a merchant. There is a merchant who is uh, Beauty's father. In this version, uh, Beauty is not named Belle. Beauty is just her only name. Beauty and Beast are really all they go by. There is a merchant who has six sons and six daughters. Uh, they are incredibly wealthy, um, live in a, a big house, um, enormously rich, but unfortunately um, they come into some hard times. Their, their house catches on fire, everything they own burns to the ground, their furniture, books, pictures, silver, gold, and the father loses every ship he has on the sea. Uh, everything that they have left is a small little house um, where his children uh, live with him. They are in despair because they are used to an extravagant lifestyle and now have to live um, in rags. The daughters um, are incredibly upset, except Belle. She's okay with living, I mean, sorry, Beauty. Beauty is okay with this lifestyle. She can tough it out. She really doesn't have a problem with it. Um, and then uh, the, the two years go by living in um, living in squalor. And then all of a sudden the, the father of the merchant receives news that one of his ships that he thought had been lost has come safely into a port with rich cargo, which means that they, his family has an opportunity at wealth again. All of his sons and daughters are incredibly excited at this prospect except Belle. Uh, beauty is a little bit unsure about um, the news and doesn't take it to heart um, quickly even though the rest of the sons and daughters do. So the father prepares to go and meet the cargo ship to get the riches and as he's leaving he asks all of his children what they would like uh, him to bring them back for them. And Beauty, he, go, he turns to her and goes, what shall I bring for you? And she says, I just want to see you home, come home safely. But this answer annoys her sisters who um, love um, expensive and extravagant things. So he presses her uh, to pick something else. And Belle goes, well, dear father, um, I ask that you bring me a rose. I have not seen one since we moved and I love roses. So the merchant sits out on his journey um, finally reaches town and because it had taken him uh, so long to get there they had thought that he was dead and had divided his cargo already so there is no wealth or anything for the merchant to bring back um, things are kind of horrible for him because he just wasted all this time so he has to return home with nothing and worst of all uh, his trip home is perilous he experiences terrible weather um, uh, just really hard times for the merchant as he just travels back. So he's traveling back through snow and frost and sees nothing. Um, eventually, there are more details here, but eventually he comes across a beautiful castle. Um, the beautiful castle is warm and bright and has flowers and fruit outside of it. So he uh, uh, ascends upon the castle stairs, goes inside, um, 
there is nobody around, no one that he can see. He stops in a room where there's a fire, falls asleep. When he wakes up, there's a beautiful meal. He eats even though he sees no one. Eventually has a long sleep, uh, wakes up, and the next day uh, he goes outside and um, thinks about how wonderful this palace is and uh, how many riches there are inside of it. And um, as he's outside in the garden, he remembers the promise that he made to Beauty um, to get her a rose. So he uh, goes and turns to pick a rose so that all of a sudden as he's doing that, he turns around and sees a, a terrifying looking beast who says, how dare you gather my roses? I gave you shelter and um, food, and this is how you repay me by stealing my flowers. So uh, the merchant apologizes, but the beast um, uh, does not accept his apology and um, instead says, uh, you know, that he will forgive the merchant on one condition that he brings back one of his daughters to live with him. And um, the beast says that she must come willingly, see if any of his daughters is courageous enough to s save his life. And he says, don't, uh, don't try to outrun me or else I'll come after you myself. So the merchant goes home um, to his family. His children are just completely upset that they haven't, uh, he hasn't come back with any of the wealth, is, wealth and riches. And he tells Beauty, he gives the rose to Beauty and says, if only if you knew what I went through to get this. Uh, tells Beauty the situation and um, Beauty feels uh, terrible about it and since it was um, her request that led to this, she decides to go in her father's place. So she she gives away her possessions to her sister, says goodbye to everything, and goes um, to the castle. She goes to the castle with her father, where she meets the beast, and has, uh, even though she's afraid of him, uh, the beast makes her quite comfortable. She has shelter, she has food, she has a, a nice room. Um, and she has like a huge library, wonderful dresses that she could use. Um, so she enjoys her time there, um, gets to know the beast, doesn't, um, doesn't become afraid of him. Each night she has a dream about, uh, an incredibly handsome looking prince, um, who she begins to think is, um, trapped in the castle somewhere, is beast prisoner. But uh, she's totally enraptured by the prince that she sees in her dreams. When she awakes, she sees um, paintings of the prince in the castle and can't piece the two together. Whereas the beast, every night, uh, asks Beauty if she loves him and if she'll marry him, and she continues to say no. Anyways, uh, Beauty enjoys her stay at the castle uh, until finally she begins to miss her father and her sisters and brothers and asks the beast, um, may I return to see them? Uh, just give me two months with them and I'll come back and spend the rest of my life with you. The beast, this hurts beast, but he says that, uh, beauty can go and make sure to not, um, stay over the two months or else he will, she will find him dead. So she goes, um, she spends time with her family, um, and for one reason or another, uh, she ends up overstaying um, the two months. She has a dream about this, about the prince half dead, and she heads home the very next day. She searches all over and eventually finds um, the beast laying outside half dead. And um, she's like, oh beast, oh no, I love you. Like, uh, please don't die. 
and um, he thanks her, he's relieved, and then uh, he is revived from death, they go inside, he asks her to marry him, she says yes, and then all of a sudden he transforms into the beautiful prince of her dreams. And so uh, her sisters and brothers are sent for, and the two get married and live happily ever after. Now, there are um, some additional details in it, like um, the beast's mother is included. There's also a fairy who has um, laid this curse upon the beast. Um, but for the most part, that's the, the nuts and bolts of the original Beauty and the Beast fairy tale. Now, in the 1991 version, um, Belle doesn't have a mother like like this. Her mother really isn't mentioned, but she also doesn't have any siblings. She just has her her father, Maurice, who's an inventor, um, and that's a big element. And then also um, her, what was I going to say? Uh, the big part of Beauty and the Beast, the animated movie, are all of the enchanted objects. Those are completely not mentioned, at least in the abridged version. That I don't think they're in the original either. But that's a huge element when you think of Beauty and the Beast. You think of Mrs. Potts, Lumiere, Cogsworth. That's not really in included in this. So that was, uh, I think, a really strong um, plot point um, that Disney added in. Uh, and then also another thing that I noticed is that the climates are, climates are switched. So in Belle's Village in the 1991 movie, it's very warm, uh, all things considered. And then the Beast's Palace, since it's been enchanted, is cold and icy. Um, not at all like what's in the original fairy tale. And I think that Disney made the better choice because since the beast and everyone is trapped in time, it should be a cold and icy place and only when the spell is broken should life and happiness return. So that makes more sense to me. Now, um, I was lucky enough to see the 2017 live action movie starring Emma Watson. I think the movie itself is very charming. And one thing that it does that I like is it actually incorporates elements of the original fairy tale that the 1991 movie did not. So in the Emma Watson movie, um, they include the information about the flower that was central to the fairy tale. Um, uh, pretty much Maurice or Kevin Klein in this uh, picks the flower, the beast appears and says, how dare you, um, for this you must pay. And Belle discovers a castle on her own, trades herself in for her father, but that Rose is what gets Maurice, the father, in trouble with the beast to begin with. And I thought that this was a neat, deeper connection to the fairy tale. Um, the 2017 movie also is good about like describing the climate changes. Like they make a few jokes about it because it is, it is kind of um, a strange element of the 1991 movie when you have no idea why um, someplace that Belle can travel on horseback is suddenly cold and so different from her village. Um, they also, in the, night, in the new movie, described a little bit more about Belle's mother's backstory, which is uh, very nice, and as well as uh, the Beast's uh, parents. Uh, gives provides some insight into them and why the Beast is so cruel, which I think really helps. And another big thing that kind of... Um, explaining this one. So in the 1991 movie, in the prologue, which is which is really lovely, um, they talk about how when Beast was young, an old haggard woman appeared with a rose asking for shelter from the bitter cold. 
and um, he refuses. And then she sets a curse that until his 21st birthday, he has opportunity to fall in love and the spell will be broken. But later on in the movie, uh, during Be Our Guest, I'm pretty sure uh, Lumiere sings that they've been in this spell for 10 years. So realistically, that would make the beast like 10 or 11 when this haggard woman came up and put the spell on the castle, which seems enormously unfair to a 10-year-old to um, transform it into a beast and then all of the people that he loves and spends time with in the castle becomes inanimate objects. Like, in fact, they uh, seem innocent and it actually seems like a much crueler thing that the Enchantress does than the Beast ever did to begin with. So the movie addresses that, the new live action one, and I really enjoyed that. Um, so uh, this has been my kind of episode where I weave in uh, the original written um, fairy tale adaptation, um, the 1991 movie and the 2017 movie. Now there is another live action, I believe from the 20s, that's in black and white of Beauty and the Beast, which I have not seen, but I meet I've been meaning to um, because I, I've i heard good things and it is more closely related to the fairy tale, uh, especially. So that's something that's on my radar to eventually check out. Um, but yeah, if, if you like fairy tales, which I, I think they're always fun and they're really easy to read. And it's fascinating to see how fairy tales um, turn into different things over time. Like a lot of the original fairy tales that we know actually have like kind of sad... Uh, more complicated endings than the Disney movies or whatever adapts them into. So it's interesting to, to see the different variations over time. So um, if you like Beauty and the Beast the way I do, which I really do, um, first read the original fairy tale to yourself because it will take like no time at all. And then um, go check out the new 2017 movie in theaters. Uh, a lot of fun. Um, the music of Alan Macon is beautiful get to hear it again, uh, and plus it's a nice little uh, treat to watch on the weekend, you know, um, away from the stress of daily life. So check it out when you have time. Thanks for joining me for episode 15. I hope you'll be back for episode 16, pretty please. Um, and as always, give us a shout if you have any recommendations for the podcast. So thanks for joining me. Let's reconnect with reading, and I'll see you next time.